Welcome to Religious Retales, a satirical retelling of your favorite Bible stories. Happy Sunday, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Religious Retales. Retelling these stories has been so much fun to start out with, and thankfully we have the entire giant Bible book left to go through. So thanks for all the support and listens. Last week, we were introduced to Adam and Eve's story and basically how they got kicked out of the Garden of Eden and cursed for eternity because they couldn't control their hunger. I'd say I can't relate, but the emptied pine of chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream from 3 a.m. begs to differ. Today's retelling is going to continue with their family storyline into the book of Genesis with a number of notable firsts. So we're back with Adam and Eve. What do you do when you and your wife have pissed off God and have been banished from your beautiful garden home to now your lame loser desert home? Well, you have to try to make yourself feel better. And let's be honest, there's no Netflix, no Instagram to scroll through, no bars to drink at, and we are deep into the Middle Eastern desert. There's not like a fun beach to go to anywhere. The only thing you can do for fun is fuck. So that's what Adam and Eve did. And as the pull-out method hadn't been invented yet, Eve got pregnant. Fast forward nine months later, and Eve gave birth to the world's first son. His name was Cain. And because rabbits will be rabbits, Adam and Eve kept doing it, and lo and behold, she was quickly pregnant again. She birthed a second son named Abel, the world's first brother's. Now, even back to the beginning of time, classic psychological traits were still the same as they are today. Firstborns are accustomed to being the center of attention and are serious overachievers. The word neurotic comes to mind, which also makes them unable to accept failure and rejection. Middle children are typically people pleasers, as they have never felt like they got enough praise and attention as the oldest child. Basically, they're a bunch of desperate kiss asses wanting to outshine their siblings. That's right, I said middle child. Adam and Eve had a third child named Seth, but like all youngest siblings, he's not mentioned in this story until after the main event. He's forgotten, really. Sort of like when my family used to accidentally lock my youngest sibling in the car when we went somewhere. Not on purpose, we just forgot she was there. Anyway, like most younger siblings, Seth will play a very important part in future stories, he's just irrelevant to Cain and Abel. There's just not enough spotlight to share. With these personality traits in mind, we continue our story. Cain, the oldest, grew up to be a farmer. Middle child Abel was a shepherd. One day, Cain, proud of his farmed land and beautiful crops, decided to bring God an offering from his fruit crops. The original edible arrangement, if you will. Seeing his brother bring a beautiful offering to God, Abel, the people-pleasing competitive suck-up, thought, shit, I have to bring God a gift too. So he looks around his flock, picks out the most annoying sheep he has, and brings it to God as his gift. Now, maybe God was disappointed that Cain didn't bring him a plant-infused edible arrangement, if you get what I mean, one-track mind of a stoner. Or maybe God just loved the taste of a tender lamb chop. But whatever the reason, God made it blatantly clear that he was happy and thankful for Abel's offering 
and snubbed Kane for his. So obviously, Kane is super pissed. I would have been too. What a spoiled, rotten God. Things probably would have just been fine if God didn't feel the need to poke the bear and just let Cain pout for a few hours, but he insisted on pointing out that Cain was upset, which if anyone who has ever been upset knows, someone asking about it just makes it worse. Better so, Mr. Almighty tries to shame Cain for being mad by speaking in some of his riddles about how, how he's feeling is sinful and he should get over it and shouldn't be tempted by sin whatever. Easy for you to say, God. I don't get why any of us are surprised at what transpires next. I know in these stories, it seems like I never agree with God, but frankly, he really does seem to enjoy stirring the pot. I mean, I know it must get boring up there in heaven, and he's probably still pissed off and holding a grudge at Cain and Abel's parents, and likely he just wants to fuck with them a little bit, but he really should have known what happens when you reject and then taunt a firstborn. So like all humans who enjoy displacing their jealous and angry feelings, Cain hatches a plan of revenge directed towards his brother. He invites Abel on a stroll through a nearby field, and when they got far enough away from mom and dad and probably brother Seth, honestly they don't really know where he's spending his time, maybe playing in a stream, maybe making friends with a rock, who cares? Anyway, as they got far enough away, Cain strikes Abel to the ground and kills him. I'm not sure if it says more about Cain's planning abilities that it was that easy to kill Abel, or maybe Abel was just frail and weak and would have died anyway if one of his sheep knocked him over. But whatever the reason, Cain became the world's first murderer. No remorse, no sadness, but a feeling of peace that he was now an only child again. Not counting Seth, of course. Now let's remember some of those firstborn personality traits. I didn't mention that detailed planning and general smarts were one of them. Cain sort of forgot that the reason he was pissed off at Abel in the first place was because this almighty universe ruler named God, who literally sees all in a Big Brother live stream camera, had pitted the two of them against each other. God, doing that thing where he knows the answer but asks the question anyway, calls out to Cain. Cain, where is your brother? Cain, trying to play dumb not having to try that hard, says, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Bam. Classic sociopathic switcheroo. Ask the accuser a question to throw him off the scent. Obviously, that didn't work. God then yells at Cain, saying, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Seriously? Classic middle child bullshit trying to get in the last word, screaming for attention, even in death. But it obviously works, because God knows that Cain murdered Abel, and now he's a pissed-off God. And what does a pissed-off God like doing the most? Punishment. To punish him for his sins, God curses Cain into exile and tells him, you will be a restless wanderer on earth forever. And then God marks Cain so that anyone who comes across him would know not to kill him. The Bible alludes that this is God's way of protecting Cain in exile, but I think we're all forgetting who the real king of vengeance is. God didn't want anyone killing Cain so that Cain couldn't get out of his exile punishment until God decided it was time. And what was this mark, you ask? Well, I think it's safe to assume that it was some sort of tramp stamp. 
that says, God's number one bitch. Or a butterfly. That would have been pretty embarrassing too. But don't worry. I know that's not your only question. If Cain and Abel were the first brothers, who is even out there in exile to kill him? Well, apparently, as these first stories were happening, God was secretly sprouting up random humans all over the place. It's one of those things that we'll just have to accept. I'm still busy trying to figure out where the dinosaurs come into all of this, so I really don't have time to figure this one out. Sorry. So Cain goes into exile and meets a lady friend, and they get married and have a son. And that son finds a lady friend, and they have a son. And suddenly there's a whole village worth of nomadic people living in exile with Cain as their cult leader. That's basically as exciting as Cain's exile life gets. Back to the land of not exile. Seth, who is the typical youngest child, has gotten out of this whole charade scratch free. Is now over 100 years old at this point and decides it's about time to start pumping out children of his own with his wife. This is actually pretty young by Genesis standards as Adam was about 130 years old when he had Seth. Adam actually lived until about 800 years old, and during that time, him and Eve kept doing it and kept pumping out children. And like all children, after the third born, they weren't even noticed enough to get their names put in the Bible. As always, we're supposed to learn some things from this story. I think obvious, it's that murder is bad. Your siblings are the worst, no matter what their birth order. And if you're going to bring God a gift... It better be a good one. But I think the most important lesson that we should take from this is not the story of Cain and Abel, but from the overlooked younger siblings. It doesn't matter how old a man is, his sperm will work even up until age 800. So ladies, remember this if you're looking to lock down your sugar daddy with an heir before he croaks. And gentlemen, if you don't want to be paying child support even through your death, wrap up that old dick. Well, that's our episode for today. I promise I won't talk about old penises in next week's episode. Please subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to and rate it five murderous stars if you can. Follow at Religious Retails on Instagram for episode updates and feel free to let us know if there's a specific Bible story that you want us to tell next. As always, judge not lest she be judged and don't say yes to a tramp stamp.